Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go back to the hotline. Yeah, Food Insurance and Bonding Hotline. We have Lauren Bradford, our friend Lauren Bradford. Hey, guys. So excited to be on the show this morning. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. Well, have have you relocated to Nashville yet? Yes, yes. I got here literally a few days ago. I'm currently sitting in my uh, Nashville apartment overlooking the city. So it's it's crazy getting adjusted to living somewhere other than Alabama for the first time. So well, it is really wild. My, my niece actually just moved there. She graduated. Uh, she went to Xavier up in Cincinnati, but she got a job there and has been there about a month. So uh, it's, it's incredible how many people are moving there. To Na- oh, Nashville yeah. is a hot place to oh, be. Oh, my goodness. E- yeah, for sure. And even coming into the city, there are cranes everywhere. Yeah. So the construction is actively happening here in the city, which is just wild to watch it expand before my eyes. But definitely Alabama will always be home, and we'll definitely be planning to come back a good bit this year. So, yeah, I'm excited. But if y'all ever find yourselves in Nashville, let me know. <laughs> well, and by the way, you're up there for, for a good reason. It turns out you're going to be a student at some school called Vanderbilt? Yes, yeah. yes, I am. I'm getting... Uh, my master's in finance at Vanderbilt in the Owen Graduate School of Management. And so I got my undergrad from Auburn in three years and uh, then ended up winning Miss Alabama. And I was accepted to Vanderbilt already before that, so I had to defer my spot for a year. And so I feel like this has been kind of a long time coming. You know, I yeah. knew that I was coming to Vanderbilt over the past two years. And thankfully, scholarships from the Miss Alabama organization and competing at Miss America are helping cover the entirety of the cost oh, wow. of this entire year. And so I'm God, so thankful for that. And um, <laughs> my parents are super thankful for that as well. But it, I, I always say that because I, I think that sometimes people do have a misconception about maybe the word pageantry or whatever, but it has helped completely pay for my college education. So I always love to say um, a huge advocate for that, and yeah, well, so I'm thankful to be here. Lauren, it sounds like if you got out in three years and are got Miss Alabama and are going on to Vanderbilt for Masters graduate school, finance. you need to get your life in order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. What's wrong with sitting on the sidelines? <laughs> Failure to launch. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I do. I I have not studied in a while. Like being with Alabama is a completely different job. It is full time, and you're doing other things. But I am getting back into the group of studying again and remembering what that feels like. Oh, so I need to get my life together. Understood. <laughs> well, well, you know, she was uh, Lauren was the the one hundredth Miss Alabama, and of course competed. And if I'm not mistaken, I think did, weren't you runner up for the the Miss America? Yes, I was first runner up to the 100th anniversary of Miss America this past December. So it, it was. It feels like yesterday and 10 million years ago all at once. Oh, sure. No, I understand. <laughs> and, and your talent was, you know, again, I, I guess to, to go into what you were saying, the concept of pageantry and all that, uh, you, you had a, a classical talent, the violin, correct? Yes, I did. So funny story about that. I'll share with you really quickly. I've been playing violin since uh, for about the past 15 or 16 years. And when I was competing for Miss America leading up to it, I knew I wanted to play this song, Orange Blossom Special. This old settling song, yeah. if you've ever heard of it. It's special to my family. Uh, I just love playing it. So it turns out that there was another violinist who wanted the same song. Mm. And only one person can play a song at Miss America. And oh, so wow. we tied for it. 
and I lost the runoff. So <laughs> about 60, 50 days before Miss America, I had no song. Oh. I did not know what I was going to be playing, which is just the most, it, I've never been under that much pressure before to sure. try and decide something. So I prayed for a song, and the song fell into my lap called Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. And yeah, it, yeah. if you don't know it, it's like the one that's dun 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 yeah. dun 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 dun. So it was that <laughs> one, and I had 50 days to learn it. So I played violin so many hours a day that I had to go to physical therapy twice oh, a week to avoid gosh. injury. I mean, wow. it was a crazy wow. season. Man, you should have just and called so, us up, and we would have Tanya Harding, the other lady. We didn't say that out loud, but yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> No, we became great friends, and but learning that song was definitely a trial. But getting to play it on the Miss America stage was insane. So violin is uh, that is a special part of. I just I think it shows God's sovereignty, and and I ended up loving playing that song more than anything else. So I think that everything works out for a reason, and uh, I've just loved playing violin my whole life. So trying to find an outlet for that here in Nashville. I'm sure that won't be hopefully too hard, but uh, I de- music is a huge part of my life for trust, sure. Tr- trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding, right? That was a, that, that was yeah. a big lean into that for well, sure. I, let me, uh, you know, Amen. we, we kind of uh, ran across you, and I know you meet so many people, but like at that first USFL game this year, uh, yeah. you were sitting near us, and it, I was amazed, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I've never really paid a ton of attention, you know, to, to – pageants and all of that but mm-hmm. the amazing yeah. thing that day was we were sitting there and uh, like i said y'all and you were, were y'all, sitting y'all as y'all a just, civilian for yeah a moment. you were just other people in the restaurant but yeah. then apparently i think it was with your family uh novo was with us that day yeah and, uh you put mm-hmm. on your crown and, <laughs> and, and kind of went into the official you know you had to do stuff for the game and all that but i mean out of nowhere uh oh. particularly little girls everybody just immediately oh, yeah. gravitated to she you she became public domain you put that <laughs> crown was, on and you became public domain it was crazy domain. to watch yeah. cuz we were just sitting there i guess next door next table and uh you know all of a sudden you're just the most popular person you know in town <laughs> and i'm assuming oh. that happens everywhere you go well, I would I will say like the crown is it's almost like a magnifier for your voice, and it opens doors that maybe you wouldn't have had ordinarily open, especially to reach and to touch people that maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to speak to. And I met thousands of Alabamians throughout my year of service, traveling the whole state, and it it is just crazy to think about how that sparkly hat is what opened the doors. Um, and it's it's like a, it gives you an opportunity and a platform to be able to make an impact and make change. And I'm so thankful for that. And and so I'll always be an advocate for competing in in a system like that because it really is a microphone for being able to share what you're passionate about. And and a lot of that is <clears throat> what I'm sure we'll talk about. Unplug, yes. which is my um, what I'm passionate about. But I think it does open doors, just like any job does. You know, to to meet people that we maybe ordinarily wouldn't have met, which I'm so thankful for. Well, it, it was it was astounding to see the transition because again, I, I you, you you had these uh these these white tall boots on and and I was looking at you, <laughs> you, you you were behind Novo and so I saw you and I was like, there's got to be something going on with this. Um, but again, at that point, you were just a civilian. But the second you put that sash and the crown on, even Novo was, a, I mean, out of the blue, the, somehow the, he the sees Utah it behind him and he starts screaming out, the queen, the queen. Yeah. And, you know, next thing you know, we're getting our picture taken with you. I felt bad for you almost for a awesome. moment. Yeah. But, uh, no. but, but I, I do want you mentioned Unplug. And I think one of the things that, uh, that you've posted about that, that is a, a great source of pride for you is it was a program that was important to you in, in terms of uh, uh, philanthropic concepts. Uh, that that you wanted to to push, but you finally got your your big break and that door opened after you surrendered the crown um, with the Department of Education. But tell us about the Unplugged program. 
Right. Well, first of all, Unplug, it's called Unplug the Digital Diet Plan. And I started this program when I was 15 years old because growing up, I was, uh, it was a rule in our household, I'm the oldest of three siblings, that we were not allowed to have a phone until we were going into high school. Oh, wow. And so that was about when I was 15. And um, because of that, I was the last one of all my peers to get access to a phone. And I just spent a lot of my formative years seeing what would happen to my friends whenever they would get phones and how overnight it was like this addictive thing just kind of was given to them and fell into their lap. And even communication abilities started to slip and grades started to slip because so much of studying time was now being given to this screen. Yes. And also, I don't know if you feel this way, but my biggest, I think, pet peeve is going into a restaurant and seeing people who have gathered together yes. who are all just staring down at their screens it, and no one is talking to it, one another. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm putting really, my phone down now. <laughs> no, no, not calling out anyone, but I mean, I'm a believer that we're all created and on this earth for human connection. I think that's one of our purposes here. And so to see that kind of just completely be negated, so widespread and no one be talking about it because of our phones, I wanted to do something. And so I started researching it and I found that there are all these things that happen to our brains, to our subconscious minds, to our communication abilities when we do overuse phones. And I believe that phones and technology, you know, they're in our lives as a tool and they're never going away. So we have to learn how to use them, but we have to learn how to use them in a balanced way. And we should be controlling those tools. They shouldn't be controlling us. And so the digital diet plan is reflective of how we, our diets are every day. I mean, we, I always say to kids when I speak, we don't eat cheesecake and Cheetos every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner as much as maybe we wish we could, but we have those things still in our diets. It's just integrated in a healthy and balanced way. So I think our technology consumption should be the same way. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was one of my really big goals. I, I've been speaking to schools and uh, to kids across the state ever since I was 15, actually. And, but this past year is Miss Alabama. It, this is one of my biggest goals that I had coming into my year was to partner with the Alabama State Department of Education to create curriculum in public schools across Alabama about the overuse of technology. Because at this present moment, we do have standards in our educational systems about t- digital literacy and how to use technology to the fullest extent. But there are no, is no curriculum or are no standards in regards to student health and overall well-being in relation to it. And I wow. think that that's a huge factor that's being missed with our students because it's not really being taught, you know, not always being taught at home what is a healthy technology usage and all students maybe really know is using it all day, every day, and that's normal. And that's not normal, and that's not how we were created to exist. And so the Alabama State Department of Education <clears throat> was very supportive, and we actually created together a three-lesson plan unit that is now available on the Alabama Learning Exchange to all teachers across the state of Alabama and the public education system. And so this model was then used as a presentation that was picked by the United States Department of Education at one of their summer symposium series. And so I got to pitch it to educators from across the nation on a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago. And that was a dream of mine that I I have had for so long, but I never really knew if it would happen. And so just to see that people, I think, recognize that this is, A, a problem in our educational system, and B, just a problem in our own lives at large, and are hungry kind of for this message, it has kind of been surprising to me because I always thought I would get backlash for being the one to be talking about this, but um, I really haven't. I think people understand, you know, this is not healthy for us to constantly be using our screens instead of experiencing 
real life and what yeah. it has to offer in the moment. Well, fundamentally, I think people, you know, recognize that scene that you've talked about where you're sitting at a, a at a table and, and you've gathered mm-hmm. together, but there's no fellowship because it's complete absorption into that screen. We're on the air right now with uh, with Lauren Bradford, the 2021 Miss Alabama, uh, who's now a, a master student up yeah. at Vandy. We've got to, we've got to mm-hmm. close it down, Lauren. We, we need to have you back at some point for sure. Mm-hmm. And if we get up to Nashville, we got to give a yeah. shout out to and, you. And hey, best of luck at Vanderbilt too. Uh, show them you got some oh, smart you. and you know best wishes with that yeah absolutely thank you so much thank you guys so much for having me so so good to be on the show this morning well it's, it's good to have you for sure and best of luck as a commodore yeah uh, enjoy your weekend <laughs> thank you guys you too appreciate it all right yeah that was lauren bradford the 2021 yeah. miss alabama what makes some people successful how can they help you on your journey find out with Torre. jamie hector is an amazing actor there's a seriousness of craft, but I'm not thinking about craft. I'm like, I believe him. Thank you. That's funny, I was having a conversation about that the other day in regards to actors, because acting is subjective, right? For me personally, people always talk about this person is amazing, this person is not. And I'm like, if I believe you, that's it. Torre Show. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.